0: Today, on Garnet and Great.
1: I told him, I said, I said, you have a chance to be the next Bowden if you want to be. And he lit up and he said, that would be my dream come true.
0: Can any college coach ever equal Bobby Bowden's amazing career? Well, maybe Nick Saban. Probably nobody. But a more realistic question for FSU's faithful, can Mike Norvell come close to rebuilding a program the way that Bowden did? Well, again, we turn to Kurt Unglau, one of the first players Bowden recruited. And to get a close-up look of how Norvell is rebuilding, Kurt spent some time with the team last fall and again this spring. How did that go?
1: It went well. Uh, Mike is, uh, you know, he's very goal-oriented and very process-oriented. He's also... uh, he has a theme for the day or a thought for the day, or whatever it's called, and uh, which I thought was really good. There's some structure there that's always important. And I think he keeps his coaching staff along with his players tuned into that theme or that thought for the day. And, uh, you know, I think that's important. Um, but I, I enjoyed his enthusiasm. I really did. Um, I enjoyed his vision. You know, he's an ex-wide receiver, kind of like myself, and we kind of chatted about that a little bit but I had a chance to spend a few minutes with the team. I followed Derek Brooks, which is a tough one to follow. Derek Brooks was talking about uh, giving the, the effort of, of being able to win with effort. I took off on a run of talking about how important the want was, wanting to do this. And You know, if you don't want to do it, then get out of the way Let somebody else that wants to do it. I even made Derek Brooks an example. I mean, to go out and make as many tackles and many hits that Derek Brooks did in his, you know, unbelievable career. You know, he had to have a want to do that kind of parlayed in the same thing of catching a football. You kind of want to catch the football. And uh, I emphasize that to the team of the want. So the want is first in my mind, and then the effort kind of goes from there and they, and they went out and they destroyed that. I think it was the last game of the season that they played um and they they played pretty well there was a lot of want out there a lot of people wanting to to be successful
0: that sounds like the duke game where they won pretty handily
1: yeah i think it was duke game that's correct that's correct it was a duke game yep but you know what i've understood about spring practice so far is is that it's going extremely well and there's a lot of players out there wanting to be there and they're wanting to wanting to do what they're supposed to do and And that's a huge step in the right direction. Plus, they got some momentum coming off that that Duke win, which is really good, you know?
0: What's your take on why FSU's wide receivers these days are, well, underperforming? You think it's coaching? Is it lack of development? Uh, Or maybe even the bad attitudes we've seen that have plagued the team since Jimbo's final years?
1: I don't think it's coaching. I I like Ron Dugan's what he does. I mean, him and I kind of grew up old school together, and and. You know, he believes in catching the football first, which is important, and then worried about what you're going to do with it afterwards, but let's catch it first. He believes in that. Um, you know, he believes in trying to get open, running great routes, and trying to get open, which is important. The biggest thing is is the desire to, to go out and, and perform. Um, I think they get their change rattled when they're not playing every day like they did in every down, which, which they did in, in high school. Um, you know, they were the star of the team. They got the ball all the time. And if you're a starter at wide receiver in, in college today, if you get five to seven plays called your way, that's a lot. And uh, sometimes you might have more than that, maybe 10, but that's a big game. But your average is only going to be about five or seven times. And if that's the case, then you've got to be ready to go for those five to seven times. And some of those passes are going to be, you know, sacks, some of them are going to be underthrown or overthrown. Um, so you really, you know, your chances of catching the football out of five or seven times is, you know, it's, it's not that many times. And you have to really want to be able to do that. If you're limited to playing time, it could now go down to two or three times a game. And I think several of the players that, that's been out there at wide receiver got frustrated they weren't getting the ball like they were, like they wanted to. And that takes a mental toll on you. But at the end of the day, that's that's the game you've signed up for. And that's the numbers that are out there. And, uh, you know, we always, that wide receiver, we get the ball thrown to us every play. But it, it just doesn't happen that way.
0: You think they're playing uh, too tight? There's too much riding on every catch?
1: It, t- it takes that first catch to kind of break loose those nerves. Um, but, you know, if as long as you're trying to do the right thing, that's trying to get open first um, and then... Uh, Right in the right, the the, the route to correctly that the play is called for and the pass gets off. Um, you know, you're, you're, you've practiced enough to where, you know, you should be able to realize that you got to catch it and then catch it first. And if you have to fall down right there, you're going to come to the sidelines and the coaches are going to say, great job. Number of, the, number of the players today, sometimes they feel like they got to go all the way to the end zone to be successful. That's not true at all. In my mind, it's, It was at least it was there when I was there was is let's catch it first and then and then whatever you can do after that. That's great.
0: Well, how do you explain or maybe can you explain, you know, a guy will make a spectacular catch. He'll take it away from the defender and then a few minutes later, he'll drop one right on his numbers.
1: That is to me is is it it goes back to practicing. Um, and it goes back to what I just said. You you have to think about catching it first. And that's every catch. You know, a lot of repetition, catching a lot of balls where it becomes you're very, very confident in what you're doing. And you're doing all the little things. That means you're looking the ball incorrectly. You're focusing on the ball. You understand the the stride that you have to take to catch it. You know everything is in, is is done in practice, and, and and the games becomes just nothing but a, you know pretty easy, you know especially after that first catch, but uh, you know it, it becomes down to confidence, and confidence is all developed in practice, and if you're not catching a whole bunch of balls in practice, then you are gonna be inconsistent. You have to practice and and catch a lot of balls to get that confidence level where it's at, and then go attack the football. I believed in attacking the football. That's my ball. Nobody else's ball. It's my ball. I'm gonna figure out how I can catch it, and that's what I learned from the great ones.
0: What comparisons can you make between the program rebuild that Bobby Bowden did and what uh, Coach Norvell is taking on?
1: Well, I, I believe that that Norvell had to get rid of the people that didn't want to be out there, um, and kind of the same thing when Bowden came in. You know, there was people that that just didn't want to be there, and they didn't like his way, and. I think that once he got all that gutted out, then he found some people that maybe not might not be as talented, but you know they wanted to listen to him and they wanted to believe in him. And uh, I think Novell's starting to get that 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 situation out at Florida State right now. I really believe that that people are out there are wanting to be there and they're wanting to play. And uh, you know if if they if that's all good, then that's going to be very successful for him down the road.
0: So, Kurt, what did you and former players, guys that you played with or you know that played at FSU, what did you guys think about the way uh, the Bowden era ended?
1: I was very, very upset the way they let him go. I mean, I just I was I was hoping for one more season, which what he wanted. A lot of us were disturbed about you know the 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 treatment of of what happened, and I don't know all the politics that went on with it, but. You know, I, I felt that you know, allowing somebody like Coach Bowden to have one more year at his want, at his desire was was the right thing to do. We didn't improve that much the year after that, anyway. I mean, so you know, we didn't have to go through the the disrupt. Everybody would have been happy, and I, I believe that there's a lot of players that I played with, along with knowing the Coach Bowden and and the players after me that played for Coach Bowden. I think that they all agreed that. You know, just let him walk out on his terms and, and, uh, you know, he deserved that. He, he, you know, it, 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 and, and that didn't happen. And when we think back at it, it was, it was not a good situation for anybody. It didn't help the program. I don't think at all. I think it actually made a little bit of a, a, a black eye on the program for a while. And, uh, in my mind, I think that Jimbo kind of, um, Jimbo Fisher, um, I think he inherited some of that from the fans and from the, from the alumni. And um, even though it was his time, you know, one more year wasn't going to hurt anybody except, you know, uh, make it a little pleasant, a little bit more pleasant for everybody.
0: And did you ever talk to TK Weatherall about that tough decision he had to make?
1: TK and I served on a board together. Uh, I never really got down to the to the nitty gritty of, of what TK w- was thinking. I think he was getting a lot of pressure for, from a lot of the board and a lot of the of a special alumni people that were trying to get that done, and I'm not mentioning any names, but it—it it, it certainly I felt like he was getting pressure from that. It was a tough call for him, a really tough call. He did mention that was one of the toughest meetings he's ever had, and I do remember that because I know TK's heart was was probably not in it. He was probably having to listen and do some things that his heart was not there, and that just—that's just my gut.
0: Do you think he was kind of forced by the issue of boosters maybe revolting from the program, not writing big checks?
1: I think that's some of that's true even though he had to make the call and he had to go execute the the plan. but I think that without that turmoil that was there, I think it would have been a little easier transition. um I think he was something he really didn't want to do in his heart. That's just my 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 take in the conversations the small conversations' I've had with TK.
0: And how did you feel about Jimbo being the coach and waiting and then moving into the top job?
1: I believe that Jimbo fisher one thing I can say about Jimbo and no matter what everybody else says, good, bad or ugly, I just believe that Jimbo was a winner. He went, He won football games and um, you know I was I was pleased what he did with the national championship that he did win and uh, and the, the the intensity and in the, the, the passion that he had to to keep Florida State where it was at. Um, but I'm not really sure. I, I don't know how comfortable I was to, to the coach and waiting type thing. I wasn't, I, I really didn't understand that a lot of that. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of like, uh, what does that really mean? I mean, what happens if he failed immediately? And, you know, then we're, we've waited all this time and we're kind of shut down from trying to hire a different coach. It was, it was kind of took us off the market when, when Bowden left and, uh, you know, with Jimbo sitting there. So I thought that was a little different. I've never been through that before.
0: And was there a point where you and maybe some of the other former players, you begin to see things going downhill?
1: Put it this way, I think that the the competition around the country got better. We did not get better much. Uh, We had some rough offensive, you know, play calling. We had some rough uh, offensive schemes. Um, And and I'm not pointing a finger at anybody, but it, it was rough there at the end of Bowden's career with Florida State, even though Jimbo kind of stepped in the last couple of years to make it better. And I think that competition kind of, kind of finally caught up the Florida State a little bit and, and we just didn't take it to another level. And, uh, you know, and it took Jimbo two or three years to get it back into another level. And, uh, but I have to give credit to Jimbo. He's a winner. He's a, he's, a, he's going to make a program. He's, he's going to win football games. And, uh, and he did that. He proved that, You know, in the third year or second year as a head coach, or third year as head coach, you took it to the national gym and won it all. That was that was pretty impressive.
0: So, did Jimbo involve uh, former players like you to come in and talk to the team and and talk about the traditions that you guys had built over the years?
1: It wasn't myself, but there were several players. You know, we had we had some I had some guys that I played with. They were they were invited, or or you know, they were part of the program at the time. as either assistant coaches or part of the athletic department, they, they, I know they talked to him. You know, Jimbo was all about tradition. He wanted to keep that, even though there was a several things he, he, he kind of xed out, um, from the, from what Bowden had, um, which is totally his call. But, um, you know, I don't think it hurt the team, but it, it wasn't a tradition that we, that we were involved with.
0: Living where you, where you do right there in the Tallahassee area. Did it seem like a daily soap opera at least the last year or so?
1: We started losing some tough tough ball games. Those North Carolina State games at night, we lost a couple times. In games that we would have won before, those were disheartening. They were always a question mark. And I felt the pressure of building, you know, with Jimbo um, big time. And, you know, he pulled it out at the end with the national championship, undefeated season. But, you know, I believe that... um, In my mind, I think there was a lot of pressure to to make that happen.
0: Well, then came the Taggart
1: hire. Yeah, that was a political hire, what I understand. There was a lot of coaches, and I have nothing against Willie Taggart personally, but I don't don't think he was the right guy for the job. And I felt like uh, we did a poor job of recruiting a a head coach, turning down some people that we could have had, or at least interview-wise. Very little interviewing, very little... um, you know, searching. Um, it was like you know, Jimbo was gone and Taggart was there, and it was like, wow, how did that happen so quick at Florida State? You know, I just felt like it was a a political issue that popped up, and uh, and he was just not the right person for the for the job. I think it was a a big job for him to fill, um, and I wish him the best to where he's at, but um, I just don't think he was the right guy for the job. I mean, I just just. Too much too inexperienced at at that level is what I was thinking.
0: Now it's the Mike Norvell era, and um, what grade do you give him so far?
1: Last season for every team was a tough one. Um, I just I believe with all the stuff that he went through with the team and getting them practice right, and and then not playing that weekend, you know, months and weeks like that, and and uh, but I really the the as I stated in the beginning of this interview, I really believe that that he had a good system he's got a good um structure um very strong foundation he is a winner he did really well at memphis and um you know i love his offense um and i just think he needs just continue to to get the players that he needs and he wants and then they want him i think it's going to be pretty solid um you know are we going to go undefeated next year probably not are we going to win more than we lose probably yes um, but I, I do believe that uh, that he's the right guy for for next year and years to come. He has a chance, and I told him this. I told him I said I said you have a chance to be the next Bowden if you want to be, and he lit up and he said that would be a, that would be my dream come true.
0: How do you compare the intensity? Certainly, Bobby seemed like a laid-back coach, but everything I've read and heard, he had the fire inside. Norvell seems to have it on the outside. Is he outwardly, you think, and inwardly as intense, maybe more intense than Bobby?
1: He presents himself three times more intense than Coach Bowden is. But you know, he was a player's coach. He was you know, he he knew his players and he knew what buttons to push to make you perform. And uh, you know, I'm hoping that that Novell has that same strength. It sounds like he did in Memphis. You know, his players in Memphis loved him. And that's important because when you love somebody and you want to play for them, that's, that's, that's a big edge right there. You know, football is a team sport. It's not, a, it's not an individual sport. It's tough to win by yourself. You need, I mean, if to compete, a, to complete a pass, you have to have a good, good center to center the ball and a good quarterback to throw it. And plus you have an offensive line that's going to block for you. And then you have to have coaches that, you know, the, have with the right scheme and the right play calling to to be successful. So it's it's not one person. I, I don't care how much talent you have, it's almost it's it is impossible to win at at a at a Division One level to with one at any level to win in a football game. You know, one person. And you had a chance to go out and
0: see Norvell's team this spring, right?
1: I have. I went out there uh, the other day. As a matter of fact, I I missed their Friday scrimmage. The attitude was. Was everybody was trying to compete. So that means they were intense. That means that they were, they were trying to do the right thing to compete. And that is huge. I don't really think that, um, that Taggart's uh, tenure there was that people really wanted to compete at a very, very intense level. Um, and I, and I think here, Novell's got them trying to compete and trying to create, you know, competition and getting people to really understand who they're about and what they're not about. And guess what? If they're not about it, then they got to figure out how they're going to get better at it. And that comes now. That comes into the individual level that they need to find. uh, You know, what what am I lacking? What am I? What are my weaknesses? And and I'm going to have to improve on those to compete. But you know, competing and is only going to make everybody better.
0: Well, besides the problem catching the ball now and then, it seems like FSU receivers for a while just haven't seemed to be able to get open. They can't shake the DBs.
1: And I noticed that a lot with the Taggart world. I've I noticed that a lot, and I don't know what that problem was. I don't understand it. Certainly, they play a lot of different coverage when I played, a lot more, you know, man's-on, hands-on, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, that's that's what you're facing, so you're going to have to figure out a way to 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 do that. Um, one of the things you have to do as a receiver uh, is get open. Or if you can't get open – you got to be somebody that can catch it in a crowd and catch it with people hanging all over you. Um, And that really is, you know, the name of the game. Your job is to go down, get open, catch the football, and that's that's all they ask you to do.
0: And that seemed to be the specialty of you and Mike Schumann and Roger Overby back in the 70s.
1: You know, it took a lot of um, concentration, a lot of, in my mind, you know, I learned so much from Mike and certainly from Roger, that, you know, that catching the ball was the most important thing. But there's going to be times when you're not open, but there's the ball is still going to be yours to catch. And it's, it's, it's my ball, 100% my ball. If you look at that Florida game that the three of us performed in, that was just a really good emphasis of, of how many unbelievable catches we all made, you know, because it was the attitude that that ball is coming my way and it's nobody else is going to get it except me. And that started in practice. How many balls did we catch in practice and how much, you know, work we did in practice. And then the confidence in the game to know that, you know, that it's going to be a little easier in the game. That was, it was always a good thing.
0: So, Kurt, what do you say to fans who plan to wait and see before they buy tickets and support the team again?
1: I'm bullish. I said, go buy your tickets. Let's fill the stadium up as well as we can. I mean, that's going to help the players a lot in regards to the fan support Again, are we going to go undefeated? No. Are we going to win a, more than we more than we lose? Yes, we will. I, I 100% believe that. You know, that's that's season number one, and then let's go to season number two. As long as we can recruit from there, you know, I think in three years from now, like Bowden did, we started, you know, in '76 at five and six, and and in uh, four years later, we're undefeated. I mean, I think that all can happen. I know it can. <music>
0: Garnet and Great is produced by Rich Holton, FSU class of 71. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Go knows.